happy to have you on the podcast oh thanks man uh can you quickly introduce yourself to the audience My name is Lars Klint. I'm a uh, I'm a technical instructor for a company called the Cloud Guru, and I do Azure instructional videos or courses for um, for anything Azure really. And I'm also a Microsoft MVP, Microsoft MVP for um, the Windows platform development category. And I do a bunch of mixed reality and um, car related stuff as well. Yeah, I've written a uh, an ebook for Syncfusion on Hololens development. Um, and I've also um, I've written many articles and done other video courses for Pluralsight and um, yeah a whole I'll probably leave something out because I always forget a few bits but uh, yeah a few things in the IT space here and there and whatever I find interesting. Can you tell us a bit about Azure yeah. DevOps? I've done I've done a couple of courses on Azure DevOps or it's what used to be called Visual Studio Team Services or VSTS. So it's now been rebranded or renamed to Azure DevOps. Um, it's a it's a collection of tools. So it's a collection of products where you can use one or any or all of them if you want. Um, there's a boards component which is for managing all of your you know if you do any kind of agile development, so your your Kanban boards or your Uh, your workflow management, that sort of stuff. Uh, you can have a project manager that manages all the tasks for you in your project, and you can set up sprints and um, have a backlog and whatever else you need to do in an agile development process. Um, it has a code repository. So similar to what GitHub is, it, it has a way of storing your source code and versioning it and, uh, and using Git in the same way that GitHub uses Git. Um, so you can use it for that as well to push all of your code up to Azure DevOps, and then it has um, it has a few other um, features that most people don't really know about unless they use it every day. So the boards and the repos are kind of self-explanatory; they're they're very common pieces that people are using. But you can also set up build pipelines, which I find very very cool. And build pipelines in this case is Um, it's a way of, of setting up automation generally in a continuous integration or continuous development way. And it, um, it allows you to, to put, to use the code that you either have in Azure DevOps in your repos or have it in GitHub or anywhere else, Bitbucket, wherever you use your source control, uh, can be used. And the continuous integration is a way of every time someone pushes code into that repository, It builds the code, for example, and it, it performs all the tests that are on it, and it may uh, it may push it to a server if it is successfully built, and it may um, it may uh, do other um, actions based on that. There's a whole bunch of different actions and events that you can do in a pipeline, um, and then it also comes with test plans, which is a way of managing all your tests, and it comes with artifacts which is a way of, of having your own package manager, kind of like NuGet uh, or Maven if you're a Java developer. Um, so it's it's kind of, that was the really, really quick overview of a ton of features that are in this product. So it's uh, <laughs> it does a lot more, but that's sort of my best overview. Yeah, let's break down some of the phases. In sure. the DevOps phases, we have plan for, for a start point where we get the requirement from the client. Here you can use the Azure boards You can have work item codes, mm -hmm. and then those work yep. item codes can have user stories. 
and finally in Azure Sprint you can create tasks for each user stories is that right yeah that's pretty much it um, there's a lot of different um, ways that people work with these tools and I guess Microsoft in this case has tried to not accommodate all of them, but at least cover the main or sort of the normal ways or most popular ways that people use these tools. Um, so yes, work items is where you would, you know, if you're planning a session on a on a product and you're saying I need to develop um, these six features, then you may break them down into say 30 work items and you would put them in there. And then they would go on a board so you can manage the process of whether they're being developed, whether they're done, whether they're in QA or whatever status they might have. Um, and you can uh, put them into sprints where a sprint is part of the agile development methodology where you select a group of work items that you, um, that you uh, I guess, realistically believe that you can finish in a, in a set period of time, uh, generally it's about two weeks. A lot of people do two-week sprints, but you could also do one-week sprints or a month-long sprint. And you can manage that whole workflow in the single, you know, in one tool in Azure DevOps, which is kind of cool. The board, is it well integrated? For example, you mentioned that there are Azure test plans. For example, if I done a test, I done a integration test and it is successful, it is complete. And I had a task on the Azure Sprint, which was to do a test for that specific test. Mm -hmm. can, it, can it be automatically complete or you should go there and, and check the box that is complete? It, it really can be either way. Um, all of these tools, the, the products, so the, the boards, the repos, the pipelines, the test plans and the artifacts, can be used on their own or they integrate fully all of them as well. So you could have um, you can have an artifacts implementation so you have your own repository of, of packages and you can have your pipeline draw those packages from your artifacts and execute a test plan at the same time in the build pipeline and have events based on that. So you can either do it manually or you can automatically set it up with scripts and, and pipelines as well. It's it really is whatever suits your workflow and your organization. When you say scripts, we can write PowerShell scripts on that, or yeah, PowerShell scripts. You can do um, yeah, bash bash um, bash scripts. You can set up build scripts, um, which is you know could be PowerShell scripts as well. It really is if you can have if you can find a tool that will execute your script, um, it could be an ant script for build purposes as well, I believe. So there's there's a bunch of different ways that you can script things. But when I say scripting, I'm just sort of referring to a way of automating things. So you can script a process, meaning you can outline a bunch of steps. Um, actually, the, the latest and the most, um, the way that Microsoft is pushing things being scripted right now is using a YAML template. And YAML is a is a declarative language that uh, you you define you do, you know declare what you want out of it, not exactly how it does it, and that seems to be a very popular way of of doing build scripts, for example. So it's all changing, and it, we're trying to accommodate everything, I guess. Um, and Microsoft is doing a reasonably good job at it. The next phase is coding. So you mentioned that there is a source control management. For example, Git, mm -hmm. they can commit push to Git branches which are on the Azure DevOps itself. Is that right? On source control? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, re re repository is a source control implementation that 
if you want to use it, it is there. If you're more comfortable using GitHub, you can use GitHub as well, and you just draw the code in from there. Um, but repos is the, I guess, the, the built-in implementation in Azure DevOps for managing source um, source code in a, in a repository way. So it uses Git generally. If you really want to, um, you know, be pain, you know, <laughs> if you really want to cause yourself pain, you can also use uh, the uh, visuals. What is it? Visual source safe or whatever the old school way of doing source control is as well. But uh, please don't. If you ever consider that, <laughs> yeah, that was difficult. Okay, so the next phase is a build life cycle. So this has multiple steps in it. For example, there's validation, compilation, packaging, and then testing, unit testing, integrated testing. I had some friends that were using some build tools. I'll give you some examples. We have Jenkins 2.0, Travis CI, CodeTrip, Bamboo, Gradle. Does Azure have its own build tool, or um, so you can set up a uh, a build tool in whatever way you want? If if, uh, if you want to use Azure DevOps, you can. It uses, or well, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think it uses MS Build. Um, at least it can do if you're building .NET. If the thing is that Azure DevOps builds whatever code you like. So if you're a Ruby developer, or if you're a Java developer, you can use it as well. And then you use whatever build tool that goes with that language. Of course, you wouldn't use a .NET build tool if you were a Ruby developer. That kind of wouldn't make any sense. Um, but if you're a .NET developer, there are a ton of different build tools you can use there as well. So it, uh, it really depends on what your programming language of choice is. Right. As you have test plans, as we were saying, tests can be configurable for various web browsers and even mobile apps are found. It can do load tests and stress testing. Mm -hmm. And you can also review your previous tests. Is there anything else about Azure Test Plan? Um, it's, it's like the other products here as well. If, if you can find, if you have a way of scripting a test, so a test in general is just running some code and looking at the output. That's pretty much what the test is. There's, um, and based on what that output is, you might do a thing. You might have an action to that event. A test plan is just a bunch of tests that you set up. And you can then have common parameters. You can have common configuration um, settings that you use. And again, you can load test it, which is one of the, one of the benefits of having a cloud solution is that if you're testing stuff locally, it can be hard to simulate, say, if you had 10,000 users at the same time on your website. But when you use a cloud solution like Azure DevOps where all that is managed for, you can have a load test that says, hey, what happens if 10,000 users at the same time request the front page of my of my site or something like that? So there are different there are definite benefits to using a cloud solution um, such as Azure DevOps for, for doing testing, absolutely. Great, that is a good feature. Integration, this is the next step. I know that uh, for integration, there are tools such as Jenkins, which integrate uh, various stages of DevOps. They allow for continuous deployment. That is, the moment a dev made a change in the repo, Jenkins will pull that code and prepare a build. Once the build lifecycle is complete, then it will deploy to a production server for release. Mm -hmm. how, how does it work with Azure DevOps? Is it a similar process? I, th I think 
what you're describing is uh, is kind of a build pipeline as well, where you you define a whole whole flow of what happens whenever someone checks in code or whenever an event happens. If a notification goes out to a mobile device or something, you can trigger different things. And the the other side of continuous, I mean, there's continuous into continuous integration, um, which is is in my opinion that is the least you need. So every time someone checks in code. Everything is built, everything is tested, and it is pushed to generally a staging server. So whatever is the latest in development will be visible somewhere. Um, it also means that things fail really quick. So if there's something that is not correct or something is broken, you'll find out really quick. And as you said, the other side of this or the extension of it is continuous de- um, deployment, which is a whole other level of, um, I guess, configuration and, and trust in, in your build pipeline that you continuously deploy your code or your solution to to production generally. So um, there's there's two sides of that of that coin. And they're they're both very important, uh, but I would say continuous integration is almost as definite in modern software development. I agree. A continuous deployment is a bit risky also, I think, especially if you're directly going to deploy your code on production. It's quite risky. It can be. Um, depends on what kind of gates and what kind of, um, I guess, checks and balances you have in place. Because it's ideally if your continuous integration is is correct in terms of doing uh, and, and not blowing up. I mean, obviously, business logic is always more tricky to test for because something may have been misunderstood and implemented the wrong way. Um, but the continuous deployment... If you trust the continuous integration and you get comfortable with that, the continuous deployment is is not as big a step as you might think. Uh, but you agree, yeah, you're right. It's it is a bit daunting suddenly going, yeah, we just deploy it automatically into production, right? Talking about deployment, uh, I've been using Docker actually. It allows a developer to write uh, a project in a Docker file. Once that Docker file mm-hmm. is written, an image can be built from that. Then the Docker image is uploaded to the Docker Hub, which is a Git repository of Docker images. And then via that uh, Docker Hub, teams can pull that Docker image and replicate the developer environment in the production environment. Now my question is does Azure DevOps also use Docker? You can definitely use Docker. You can set up your, your, your build pipeline to uh, to have a Docker component. So a containerization of an app is, is kind of another level. It's really, really useful if you're concerned about versioning, if you're concerned about making making everything kind of deploy, deployable in one go. For a standard smaller website, it's probably overkill, but you could have Docker image for development so that you get up, you get developers up and running real quick. You can have one for staging. You can have one that you push to production and uh, you can certainly set all of that up in, in Azure DevOps, uh, in your pipeline. Yeah, definitely. Great. So we've been, we've been talking about the CI CD pipeline, continuous integration. Mm-hmm. We talked about how a developer can commit code and then the build is made. It is tested. Then we talk about continuous delivery, automatically deploying the build to a test environment where uh, UAT tests can be done, user acceptance tests. And then there's also continuous mm-hmm. deployment, which we talk about, which is an app going to production automatically. Now, I would mm-hmm. like to talk about uh, Azure Apps. 
Sure. There is a Azure App Service and then there is a Azure Service Plan, which is like a computer in the cloud. The App Service Plan mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. VM can be set with an amount of memory and RAM. It can be a specific amount and then it can be scaled as per your needs. You can create n number of apps on an app service. So is, is this right? You can create uh, any amount of apps you, you want on an app service plan? Yes, uh, your app service plan, as you say, is it's almost like your own virtual machine, except the difference is that you you don't manage the you don't manage the maintenance of it. You don't manage the um, the setup and the the I guess the machine itself. But you do define how much um, power, what the hardware looks like. So obviously this is all virtualization. And then Azure will provision this for you. So then you have the the app service uh, plan. Now with app services, you're absolutely right. You can have um, you can have app services connected. You can have multiple app services connected to an app service plan. Generally, you can do that. Depends on kind of how the how you use them. I would almost have an app service plan per app service probably, because it it makes it easier to manage in terms of scaling and everything. I think it's it really depends on what how you're using it. I think. But yeah, you're right. You can have multiple app services. You can have mul- multiple app services on an app service plan. Well, there's a lot of app service words here. <laughs> so, um, but it's it's an easy way of making a website and and having it scale up and scale out. You can set up more servers and everything. So, right. Talking about uh, websites, there's also the cloud platform that allows you to build web apps and mobile apps. Web apps can be deployed. Uh, IIS on the cloud itself. There's a load mm-hmm. balancer with a sticky sessions as set by default. Those web apps can be either ASP.NET Core, ASP.NET MVC, and even WordPress. Is there any other other kind of web app that can be deployed? Oh yeah, there's there's a ton. If you go into the Azure portal, um, or use the command line interface, the Azure CLI, you add a new app service. Um, there's a ton of templates. I've got I've got a few WordPress sites. Um, I've got a, uh, a just a, an app service that runs a ASP.NET Core MVC app. I've got an ASP.NET Core uh, standard app. Like, I mean, it's it's all different kind of frameworks. But you can set up a an Orchard CMS if you like that. Um, you can have a Lamp stack. You can have a PHP. I, there's really no limit to what you can run on it. Uh, you can have a Windows machine, you can have a Linux machine, and it's it's very powerful, and it, it lets you create content rather than having to manage platforms, which is nice when you're a developer. Yes, that is great, especially having a Linux machine, and uh, you can work with various open source programming languages there. And I found that mm. many of my friends who, who develop Django apps are going for the Linux option. Yep, and generally the Linux option is, is cheaper as well to run, so there's lots of benefits in doing that too. I can't remember what the numbers are, but it's something like now, we're recording this in November 2018, it's something like 40% of Azure instances are Linux-based or something like that. It's a very, very large amount. It also supports uh, DBs, uh, databases such as MySQL, SQL Server, and it has firewall settings to, to ensure the 
security there's also azure mobile apps so you can create your mobile app with features such as single sign-on cross-platform push notification offline data sync those apps can even be on the c-shop side with xamarin is there anything else android oh yeah there's tons of stuff um and it's impossible to know everything on azure it's just there's so much new all the time as well and there's also support for all apps using logic apps and API apps with Azure. Yeah, they're different beasts. Um, logic apps are more, as the name says, uh, you, you basically, it's like a puzzle. You put together a workflow of if this, this happens, then do this. If that happens, then do that. And they're incredibly powerful to work uh, in conjunction with Azure Functions. So if you're into the serverless space, using a, a um, an Azure function to trigger something based on a logic app or having a logic uh, trigger a function either way is is really powerful so there's there's so many scenarios here though <laughs> we mentioned about pricing there's also the Azure pricing option with pay as you go which is pay per minute of usage right mm-hmm. yeah and there's a free tier as well you can if um, either of you if you're just yourself you don't, I can't remember how much it is but there's a free tier where you don't pay for for you know a little bit of resources I guess I can't remember exactly exactly how much it is but if you are a business or a startup you can apply for something called BizSpark and that gives you um, some number of dollars to use on Azure every month or there's enterprise subscriptions or you can get MSDN subscriptions that allows you to use Azure and there's a whole bunch of ways that you can find a way that makes sense in however way your business um, wants to use cloud services. If you do it the right way, Azure compute time is very, very cost effective. I was really happy to have you and you are welcome to come on the podcast again in the future. Thanks a lot, Rashir. Thanks for your time. I appreciate being on it.